Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories has been sponsored by the Scared to Death podcast. If you're looking for something scary, mysterious and interesting to distract and entertain you, check out the horror podcast Scared to Death. Scared to Death podcast is nearing 150 episodes of demonic possession, hauntings, shadow people, black-eyed children, alien abductions, and so much more. Join Dan Cummins as he tries to scare his wife, Linz, each and every week with dark tales from around the world and around the web. Linz gets that sweet revenge when she tells even more scary stories that have been submitted by fans. If you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night, the stroke before midnight, Pacific time and it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can also watch on YouTube so get scared to death today's episode is Rearview written by Thomas Teller and narrated by Justin Fife Daisy do you see that I asked She turned back to me. See what? Behind us. It looks like something is following the car, I said. An animal, maybe? Daisy frowned and looked through the back windshield. I don't see anything. Just desert. Hmm. Must be a smudge or something, I said. But I kept my eye trained on it, watching the small black spot. Daisy smiled, putting a hand on my leg. You're paranoid, she said, laughing. Come on, take this. She took a thin joint from Jake, who sat in the back seat, 
He coughed and pungent smoke fogged the rearview mirror. Annie giggled and took a swig of warm beer. They both dropped acid before the drive. An hour passed. Signs for Las Vegas became more frequent, but the scenery was still red desert dirt and distant mesas. Daisy rolled another joint on the dashboard. The highs slowly began to spread across my body, and my thoughts wandered as I drove. Not thinking, I looked back at the rearview mirror. The black spot was bigger this time. It was maybe a hundred feet behind the car, and I could see the thing moving, bounding on four legs or more. Fucking Christ, I said and jerked the steering wheel. The car lurched to Daisy's weed flew over her lap. Shit, Danny, what the hell, Daisy said. Annie and Jake stopped laughing. It's there again. Look, look, I said. Daisy turned around to look out the back window. Annie and Jake, too. You're tripping, man, Jake said. There's nothing out there. The black shape grew larger, bounding towards the car. I'm telling you, it's right there, I said. I saw a worried look pass between my friends. Maybe you smoke too much, Danny, Daisy said. Why don't we pull over, take a break? My eyes closed for a second. Yeah, yeah, maybe I just need to switch out. I slowed down, taking the car to the side of the road. Red dust plumed behind us, but I didn't look into the rearview mirror. Instead, I put the car in park and opened the door, stepping into the baking sun. I looked behind us. The long stretch of desert road was empty, except for mirages shimmering like pools of water in the distance. I squinted, but there was no sign of the black thing chasing our car. Must have smoked too much, I thought. Drove too long. It's getting to me. Daisy and Jake stepped out, too, Jake stretching his tanned arms towards the sky. He finished the rest of his beard, tossed the can into the sage bush, and then touched his toes. I'm going to take a piss, he said. Don't leave without me. I moved to the other side of the car. Daisy leaned against the hot metal, looking at me with a concerned sort of stare. You good, dude? She said. Yeah, yeah, probably the heat or something, I said. Behind us, Jake shouted. Check it out, he said. I nearly took a piss on it. I turned. Jake raised a cow skull into the air. He wiggled it around and then thrust at it obscenely with his hips. Come on, Jake. Leave your girlfriend behind, Daisy called. What happens in Vegas? Jake began to yell. Then something hit him. I saw him fly ten feet away as if struck by an invisible car. His body skidded to a stop in the sagebrush, limbs tangled. What the fuck? Daisy said. Jake, are you okay? I watched as Jake's head lifted up, blood oozing from the wound on his forehead. He tried to croak something to prop himself up, but the invisible force slammed into him again. This time, his bones snapped, pressed into the ground. His throat split open as if torn out, and blood sprayed the red dirt. Jake gurgled, his eyes still wide with shock. And I watched as something tore open his stomach with invisible claws fishing about inside. Get in the car, I whispered. Now! Daisy stood in shock. Her hands pressed over her mouth. Jake! She sobbed. Get in the fucking car! I screamed. I opened up the back door, shoved Daisy inside. Annie, stoned and clueless, yelped in surprise. I slammed the back door shut and dove into the front seat, fumbling for the key. The engine sputtered to life, and I hammered the accelerator. Daisy sobbed. As we left the bloody roadside, I risked a look back in the rearview mirror. 
Something black, four-limbed and misshapen, leaned over Jake's corpse, tearing at his stomach with long claws, gripping his mangled throat in its teeth. Dust clouded the road, and we were gone. What the fuck was that? Annie asked as we sped along the highway. I went 90, 100 miles an hour, the mesas flicking past us. Where is Jake? Daisy sobbed again. He's dead, she said. One minute he was fine. The next he was just lying on the ground. It was like something was eating him. Oh, God, oh, fuck. Annie, too stoned to speak, stared slack-jawed. That can't be. That can't be. We need to turn around. We need to go back for Jake. Daisy stopped crying. Danny, she whispered. Danny, look in the mirror. My eyes, bloodshot, flicked to the rear view. In it, a black speck had reappeared on the horizon. It shambled toward us, barely visible. No, she said. No, no, no. We can't stop, I said. What do you mean? Daisy asked. There's a town right there. We could stop there. It won't come after us if there are people around. We don't know that, I spat harsher than I meant to. We could call the cops. People with guns. They can... Daisy started. Do what? I wanted to say. But I stopped myself. Can you get them on the phone? I asked. Daisy fumbled to her cell phone. Flicked it on. No service, she said. We're too far out. I want to get out of the car. Annie said softly. What? I asked. You guys are messed up. You're high or something. You left Jake... I want to get out of the car, she said. No, Annie, Daisy started, but Annie batted her hand away. I said, let me out of the car. I can't do that, Annie. There's something out there. It killed Jake. You're crazy. You're fucking crazy, both of you. Now let me out of the fucking car, she screamed. She beat her hands on the back of my seat, screaming over and over again, let me out, let me out. Then the whoosh of air, a howl of an open car door. I looked in the rearview mirror, seeing Annie trying to crawl out of the back seat. Daisy held on to her, but I couldn't hear what she was saying over the roar of the wind. I slammed on the brakes just as Daisy lost her grip and Annie went tumbling out into the road. The car skidded to a halt. Behind us, in the rearview, I watched Annie roll to a stop on the asphalt. She lay sprawled out, arm bent at a twisted angle, blood matting her hair. What the fuck? Daisy screamed. She clutched herself. Then Annie moved. She's alive, I said. I watched as Annie tried to crawl to the roadside. Behind her, a black shape sped into view. It moved unnaturally fast, bounding along the highway as quickly as any car. Then it pounced on her. I saw blood spray across the road, like Annie was a popped fruit. The creature looked up, its misshapen face covered in bits of flesh. I turned around to look out the back window. But there was nothing else in the road except for Annie's corpse. Go! Go! Daisy screamed. She covered her eyes again, sobbing into her hands, and I jerked the car forward. The tires skidded on the pavement, leaving Annie behind. Hours passed. At first, Daisy said nothing. The sun set behind us, but her eyes were fixed on the rearview mirror. Thirty minutes after Andy died, the black spot reappeared on the horizon. Hours passed. The creature never tired, never disappeared. 
Eventually, she said, You need to stop. I blinked once, for the first time in what felt like hours. My hands were still clenched around the wheel, a thin sheen of sweat sticking to the fake leather. What? I said. We need to stop driving, she said. That thing will kill us, I said. Look at the dashboard. I let my eyes flick to the space between the spokes of the wheel. Sometime in all the driving, the needle had inched steadily towards E. Fuck, no, no, I said. I slammed my hand on the steering wheel and tears pricked in my eyes. I saw Daisy flinch in the back seat. What do we do? She said. I closed my eyes. What does the map say? I asked. She took out the road map and placed a shaking finger on the page. Next town is a hundred miles away. We have 90 miles of gas left. There's no way we can walk the last 10 miles, I said. It will kill us before we ever get there. The meter could be wrong, Daisy said. We keep driving. Maybe we'll make it. Maybe. Her voice died in her throat. The next hour lasted an eternity. We watched the gas light click on, watched the mile counter tick down, the needle slowly approaching empty. If the car stops, we won't have to get out, I thought. We can stay inside, wait for someone to come get us. Would that thing break into the car? I was lost in thought when I saw the lights ahead, blue and red, gyrating in the desert night. Daisy, Daisy, I said. She snapped out of a half-sleep. Cops, I said. They're blocking the road. Daisy crawled forward. A hysteric look of excitement crossed her face. They can help us, she said. They have guns. They can kill it. But I frowned. Why were they blocking the highway? I slowed the car to a stop in front of them, just as the needle was firmly set to E. I wondered if the car would even start again when I turned it off. Still, I put it in park, and a short, balding officer stepped towards us. A few other cops stood around their vehicles, hands on their weapons. The short cop knocked on the window with his baton. Open up, he said. I paused and then lowered the window. License and registration, he said. Daisy crawled to the front seat, her hair a mess, her eyes wide. Officer, thank God. Something is after us. It killed our friends. It's following us. It's... Daisy stopped when she saw the man's unamused expression. Have you been drinking tonight? Or used drugs, ma'am? No. Well, yes, but you have to believe me. The thing, it's behind us. It killed... We found your friends. One of them looked like she was pushed from the car. Would you happen to know anything about that? Daisy's mouth hung open. I moved to turn off the car, but the officer dropped his nightstick and drew his pistol. Freeze, he said. Hands where I can see him. I put my hands above my head. She's telling the truth. I saw... We didn't hurt them. Get out of the vehicle. Put your hands on the hood, he barked. I froze. I, I can't. Get out of the fucking car, now! I turned to look at Daisy, but she was gone. A cop had dragged her into the street, kicking and screaming, her fingernails dragging against the seat. Please, please, no! I felt someone grab my neck. I, too, was pulled from the car. The cop slammed my head against the hood. I felt the click of handcuffs on one of my wrists. You have the right to remain silent, the cop grunted. Anything you say, a flash, a shadow sweeping behind me, then a scream and gunfire. I 
turned to my right where I watched the cop being torn apart by invisible claws. He gurgled, drowning in his own blood, looking up at me with disbelieving eyes. Daisy screamed. The other cops fired blindly, and I watched as a bullet hit her in the stomach. She keeled over, falling to the pavement. The invisible beast was up again, knocking down the next cop, tearing out her throat. I looked at Daisy where she lay bleeding on the ground. Help, she moaned. She reached out a shaking, bloody hand. I turned and ran. The third cop fell in a spray of blood, and the rest scattered, running to the desert or back to their cars. I dove into the squad car nearest me, the keys still in the ignition. I drove away. The police sirens vanished. Daisy vanished. Hours passed. The night turned to day, but I didn't stop. I drove and drove and drove. The sun rose behind me, illuminating a black smudge in the rearview mirror. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Review was written by Thomas Teller, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington for officiating the marriage of social and media in this the eyes of our content. I know I do. Thomas Teller is a writer and author in Minnesota who is currently seeking representation. You can read more of his work by following him on Twitter at, at ThomasXTeller1. Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster, and video game lover. You can follow him on Twitter at, at JustinB5. Once again, today's episode of the podcast has been sponsored by Scared to Death. If you need more chills in your life, if you don't feel quite twitchy enough, it's time for Scared to Death. New episodes drop every Tuesday night, the stroke before midnight Pacific time, and it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch via YouTube, and we will link in the show notes. So, get scared to death. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time.